Fizz. Fizz. Let's go. Hello again, my Fit Fizz friends. I am so glad that you're here. I thought that today would be a perfect time for a show that's not so cerebral or scientific. So today's show is on the lighter side, and it will give you some things to think about. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you can probably notice a bit of a running theme that I kind of tend to have with semantics or the meaning of words. And sometimes semantics are pointless or petty, but if we say words without giving them thought, these words might unintentionally carry meaning for someone else. And words have the power to create feelings and feelings create our thoughts and thoughts create actions and actions create our habits and our relationships. So semantics can matter. And I totally like to geek out on this stuff. So who am I anyway? I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I'm a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. All right. In my many years of working in this industry, holy cow, I can remember tons of buzzwords that have come and gone and some linger around much longer than they should. As Gary Vaynerchuk frequently says, marketing ruins everything. And he's totally right. This phrase has really stuck with me because of being a graphic designer, which basically falls under the umbrella of marketing as much as I hate to admit that. And I hate admitting that because marketing is really all about deception and consumerism. And here I am, a woman with a business, and I have to market it if I want it to be successful. And I constantly find myself in this mental battle with things like SEO and marketing jargon and buzzwords because I hate conforming to the way that it has to be done in order for my business to be found on search engines or social media. But I understand that I have to conform at least to a certain extent if I want my business to grow. But I promise I will still always keep it authentic. And along with being authentic, I'm going to admit something to you right here, right now that makes me a little bit uncomfortable to admit publicly, but I struggle with the name FitFizz. I love it. It's very dear to my heart because it's grown very close to me and it's been part of my life for many years now. And I like how short FitFizz is and how it sounds and the energy that it conveys, but I do struggle because of the word fit a little bit. If I'm going to be totally honest, I I think about this on a daily basis. (laughs) I question how much it might possibly be misaligned with the shift in the path that FitFizz has taken over the past two or three years, and I might end up changing it at some point. Or I might not, (laughs) but I do think about this. And part of my design career has been naming products or product lines, and I've helped several people think of names for their businesses. But what is fitness really? So I thought of the name FitFizz around 2003, and I didn't decide to do anything with it or turn it into anything until 2012. But during that time frame, fitness or the idea of 
fitness was really booming. And I thought it would just stay that way forever. But since then, the trends have taken a turn for the better with more people embracing the idea of overall wellness and not so much of the hardcore sweat till you collapse type of fitness stuff. And I, I, I just I really don't know if I'll be changing the name Fit Fizz anytime soon, but it might happen one day. But yeah, what is fitness? It's 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 different for everyone, right? And honestly, part of the reason that I'm okay with keeping the name FitFizz for now, even though I'm talking more about nutrition and hormones and digestion and things that are done outside of the gym, is because the word fit in itself means of having suitable quality in any sense. So it's not only about athletic ability or physical strength, such as it could be like, how fit are you health-wise? How fit are you nutrition-wise or digestion-wise? So I think of it less about sweating in the gym and more about are you more or less fit in your overall health than you were last week or last month or last year. And no, the term fit in my business name isn't doing me any favors and helping me find the right audience. I'd probably grow my business a lot faster if I changed my name to something like Wellness with Kelly. But that feels very generic to me and too easy. It doesn't sit well with me. So it is staying fit fizz for now. But relating to all of this brings me to the beginning of my list of buzzwords that we gotta ditch. Number one, the term in shape. So while fitness can be multidimensional, when I hear someone say, I need to get in shape or I need to get back in shape, I'm going to get back in shape this year. I kind of want to say, are you even aware of the words that are coming out of your mouth right now? Because unlike the word fit, in shape is definitely arbitrary to me. Definitely. So when people say, when people say it, we have crappy marketing to blame for making that term part of anyone's vocabulary, such as infomercials with pointless gimmicks saying, do you want to get in shape for the new year? What does that even mean? Shape specifies nothing. What shape are we talking about? A circle? A square? A pyramid? One person's in shape is another person's, ew, she's too muscular. Insert massive eye roll here. <laughs> Most of all, this term needs to be sent to the dumpster because it specifies nothing. We all know that to reach a goal, it's got to be specific. So if you say you want to get in shape, that doesn't tell me anything about what your goal is. Not at all. So I'm not going to believe that you're willing to put in the effort if that's all that you say. I've seen and heard it too many times to fall for it. So yeah, there's no need for this term. Number two, the word skinny. Let's talk about this. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it is still far too common that I hear things like, I just need to get skinny like so-and-so. This is so 1985 infomercial, just like in shape or I need to get in shape. Some people are naturally thin, and that's what's called having an ectomorphic body type. They have a slender build, and that, but that does not mean that they're automatically healthy. They can be at risk for things like heart attacks and diabetes, too, and anything else. 
I also happen to know several people who are always trying to put on weight and they really hate it when people say you're so skinny. It's just it's such a weird term to glorify. It's got to stop. It's typically said in a glorification manner, too. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to physically look that way, especially if that's your natural body type. But it's wrong to glorify it because it's superficial and it can be pushed to a dangerous point when it's done on purpose. Why is this one superficial thing of being skinny the epitome of perfection for some people? This is where actual eating disorders come in for some people too, which I spoke about on episode 12. I've known lots of people who have struggled with anorexia in my lifetime, especially from being part of dance teams where our bodies are put on display in tiny spandex outfits in front of thousands of people. So I know that it's nothing to joke about. And it's really honestly no different from fat shaming, which is also a problem. We even have this new term, skinny legend, like, oh, Celine Dion is such a skinny legend. Why does skinny have to be part of the phrase anyway? Again, this comes down to the fact that skinny does not equate health. And while I'm at it, I'm going to go ahead and say that as a friend or a relative of anyone, it's truly none of your business to comment on anyone's change in size, smaller or bigger, unless they initiate it. I am all for supporting someone's weight loss journey, but unless they've made a post specifically to discuss weight loss, it is not your business to comment with something like, have you lost weight? Even if you mean it in the best way, just just don't do it. I've personally been on all sides of this from being teased for being skinny in elementary school and purposely wanting to gain weight to crying about how big I looked in photos to being forced to weigh myself on dance teams where at 127 pounds at five foot seven, it was considered too big to people having people telling me randomly don't get too bulky or people deciding to just randomly tell me that I looked quote unquote better as a bikini competitor than I did as a power lifter to having coworkers comment, gee, have you lost weight? You look great when I was too sick to eat and I couldn't really afford food anyway. And I was depressed because I was losing muscle that I had worked so hard to gain. It's all uncalled for every bit of it but yeah skinny is one completely useless word just the word itself can be damaging in so many ways so throw that one in the dumpster too all right the word clean as in clean eating listen to episode 14 where i go into depth on why this term clean eating is so dumpster worthy it started out with the great intentions by toscarino but marketing basically destroyed this common term clean eating where it it can no longer be defined. It's ambiguous. So it's become pointless. And I'm to a point where if I hear anyone say that they're eating clean, I totally cringe because I worry that they don't know what they're doing nutrition wise. And it feels like they just latched onto a gimmick. And I wish they would honestly listen to me instead. So if that doesn't make sense to you, listen to episode 14. And remember a little bit of dirt on your food is good for your immune system anyway. So Throw clean eating in in the dumpster. All right, number four, good food and bad food. This has got to go. 
So many people label or categorize food as good or bad. Nutrition is not that simple because water can even be bad for you if you drink too much of it. There is no such thing as good carbs or bad carbs or good sugars and bad sugars. It really has to do with the portions or the frequency of which you are eating them. There are still people out here spreading messages like white rice is bad and brown rice is good or white potatoes are bad, but sweet potatoes are good. Pinterest is full of trash like this. And it, all that stuff is simply not true. It depends on how much, when you eat it, and what else you're eating with those things. But no food is inherently bad or good. It's kind of like if someone were to say, drinking is bad, we'd all kind of be like, hey, a drink every now and then isn't that bad at all. But if you're drinking a liter of hard liquor a day, then yeah, that's not so great. You might be in trouble. So food is no different. So throw labeling foods as good or bad in the dumpster. All right, number five, the word natural. So again, marketing has ruined this term. Several years ago, we could trust this term on packaging uh, because there was a lot less of it. It was more rare. But now companies know that consum consumers are preferring natural items. So they'll go to any length to be able to put the word natural right on the front of their package to make you buy it. Just because it says natural doesn't mean that they might have questionable manufacturing processes that they might use or they might have a massive carbon footprint that dumps millions of toxic waste into the sewer systems every year. So what does that little word natural mean? Anyway, it doesn't mean much anymore and you really just can't trust it anymore. And you can also refer to episode 36 on nutrition facts on food packaging for a little bit more on this kind of thing. So what really sucks about this is that there is no replacement for this word, for the word natural. So just to be cautious about this buzzword as a marketing tactic. And number six, superfood. All right, I totally blame Dr. Oz for the popularity of this buzzword. I won't even get into the Dr. Oz thing right now. But there are foods that started that started this whole trend several years back, like, like acai and kale and blueberries. And then marketers caught on to the, this consumer trend and more things followed that began to be labeled as superfoods like wheatgrass, moringa, cacao, chia. And we started hearing about more exotic plants as if they were these newly unearthed unearthed superpowers for our health. But in reality, none of this stuff is new. The term superfood really just means that it's nutrient dense or has a lot of proven health benefits. And the things labeled as superfoods have started to get more ridiculous, like broccoli, spinach, granola, and cauliflower, <laughs> beans, and nuts, which are all just, they're just basic foods. So now this wor the word superfood is basically back to being meaningless. So if I hear anyone say it now, I just feel like they don't have the self-awareness to say things with a purpose. So superfood, don't fall for it. It's really just a buzzword. Number seven, fat-free. So food packaging, as I've said before, is highly deceptive. And I have this same reason for number eight, which is sugar-free, and number nine, which is sodium-free. Again, refer to episode 
36 on nutrition facts on food packaging for more on all of this stuff. But most importantly, if we take these words out of our vocabulary, then marketers are going to be less motivated to put it on their packaging. Any of this stuff is really an illusion because if fat or salt or sugar is removed from a food, it's got to be replaced with something. And usually it's replaced with some kind of low-quality, man-made filler that many times is worse for your health long-term than if you just ate the regular version to begin with. So that's one way to be a smarter consumer. All right. And this leads me to number 10, non-GMO. I saved this for last because GMOs are a real thing. But it's so overused now that GMO and non-GMO have essentially become buzzwords. People say it without thinking. So GMO stands for genetically modified organism. So many times I see a reference to GMOs where I'm 99.9% sure that they are meaning to refer not to GMOs, but to the pesticide called glyphosate. So in case there's any confusion, I want to clear something up. There are only eight types of GMO crops in the U.S., and they are papaya, sugar beets, corn, soybeans, canola, alfalfa, squash, and cotton. If none of those foods are on the ingredients list, then of course it's GMO-free. So if you see that GMO-free label and assume, well, this must be a healthy choice because it's GMO-free, but it doesn't even contain any of those crops, there is room for improvement in your decision-making. So GMO means that the seeds were genetically modified in a lab before they were planted. Now, whether you need to worry about that and if it might or might not affect your health, that is a discussion for another day. But my point is, it has nothing to do with glyphosate or the brand name Roundup made by Monsanto that has rightfully been very highly controversial lately. I'll go into depth on that on another day too. But I'm going to repeat this list one more time so you will have the right knowledge when it comes to GMO foods. So again, there are only eight crops in the U.S. that are ever GMO, and they are papaya, sugar beets, corn, soybeans, canola, alfalfa, squash, and cotton. So the next time that someone is assuming that all GMOs are so deadly, You can ask them if they are enjoying the softness of the cotton t-shirt they're wearing, because without GMO cotton, we wouldn't be able to enjoy that softness. So I'll leave you with that one example for today. (laughs) So do you have any other buzzwords relating to food or fitness that you think need to be thrown in the dumpster too? Let me know on social media. Please share this with a friend if you enjoyed it and leave a review for the show and that because that serves as a signal to other people like, hey, the show is worth your time. If you're feeling extra gratitude, you can help support my dreams for FitFizz by going to patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. And a very special thank you to my current supporters on Patreon, Elise V, Tracy D, Zach R, Wendy C, Pamela P, Jarris H and Carmina S. I love you so much for listening and for caring about your health. Until next time, 
breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.